Well, welcome Ascent friends and family. If I haven't had a ch chance to meet you yet, my name is Maurice. I'm one of the teaching pastors here at Ascent. And like everyone has been saying, I miss all of you. I'm an Enneagram extroverted person, Enneagram seven extroverted person. And I truly do miss every single one of you. Here's the thing, we got some precious time right now that we have together, and I really value the time that we have together, especially in times like these. So here's the thing, I wanna start us off right here in this moment with one simple thought. I wanna drive us towards one thing that I wanna hang all of our hats on, and that's this simple thought right here, that my hope would be that you are encouraged and believe that you were created to commune and be with God to commune and be with God's presence. What does that mean? How does that look? We're gonna get into that just in, in just a little bit. But one of the things I love right now about our new norm, it's not a lot that I love, but one of the things that I love is that there's so much that goes into a sermon and there's so much that is left out of a sermon. There's so much week to week that we don't say, but now we actually have a chance to say it, not only in this space, but we are intentional about our follow-up. So. Real quickly, next week, during this moment of, um, actually this following Tuesday at noon, we're gonna have a Zoom call. I'm gonna be leading, I'm gonna be co-leading with Natalie Truman, who is the director of The Gathering, which is a community of women from all over, but primarily based at Ascent. And we are gonna be tackling some of more of your questions that you may have about this sermon and about being and experiencing God's presence. But before, I mean, after all that, I think that's just the heads up I wanna give all of you. But there's some things I wanna talk about today that I think is gonna be really important for such a time as this. I said earlier that I wanna really hone in on us being created to live and to be in God's presence. The way that I wanna get there today, that a way that the route that I wanna take is by a story. Um, I, I'm a person who loves sports, so I'm going to kind of go down the sports route for a second. If you don't love sports, just type in the chat bar for a moment and just say, I don't like sports. Uh, but if you do like sports, go ahead and put in there your favorite sport. What's that one sport that you really love? What's the one thing about sport that that sport that you really admire? Mine's football. Um, I love watching football. I love basketball as well. Um, and during this season, I selfishly was really upset selfishly don't you know be i'm sorry but selfishly upset that the olympics were postponed i know that it was i understand why and i am a, a, a advocate for that as well i confirm that we don't need to be having olympics during this moment but i love the olympics so much everything from the gymnastics to the track and field and for whatever reason curling which has begun gotten so much hype these days i'm a big fan of all those things and i love sports so much the one in particular sport that i want to focus on to help us guide our conversation is going to be boxing as i thought about boxing it it was one that took me back to my childhood i remember my dad throwing in VHS tapes of recordings that he took of old fights. And I just said VHS, which is a word I'm talking to those of you who are 30 and up. You probably don't even know what I'm talking to you, talking about if you're 30 and under right now. But a VHS tape, and he would throw in this VHS and we would watch the greats. I'm talking about the float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, Muhammad Ali. I'm talking about smoking Joe Frazier. I'm talking about all these ones that had big names and heavyweight fighters and champions of the world later on it became mike tyson and his fights only lasted you know
know, 45 seconds, but I loved watching these things on the VHS. And with the VHS, you know, I was watching, you know, majority of a fight and then it would shift to a, like a two-year-old birthday party because for whatever reason, somebody recorded over the recording. If you're 30 and up, you get what I'm saying. All right, I'm gonna keep moving on. But uh, I love watching the boxing. One of the things I love so much about the boxing is the announcers, the Michael Buffers of the world. You know, the one who's famous for the let's get ready to rumble, you know, those moments, right? I love the theatrics and they would put on a bow tie and they would go into this whole character. And one of the moments that I love most is not only the introductions, but also at the very end. At the very end of the fight, they would fight for 12 long rounds. And in particular, if there was a fighter who was defending his belt, defending his title, he would come into this moment and he was one that was the reigning champ. He was undefeated, undisputed. And everyone wanted to know, is there this moment that he will no longer be undefeated or will this person still be undefeated? There's a few pictures that's on the screen right now that I'm throwing up to you uh, that you can see uh, on your screens that's some amazing fighters that I love. But here's the thing, as you're looking at those pictures, it's all coming down to the moment of people who are undefeated and we all wanna know, will they stay undefeated? The announcer gets to this moment and I wrote out this whole script of what they say, right? This whole, ladies and gentlemen, I can't really do it any justice. And then I thought to myself, we have a person on staff who's really good at this. And uh, our co-pastor, Jim Candy, he's one who actually used to do some announcing. He used to announce the Denver Nuggets games. He used to announce the Avs games. And I think truly deep inside of him, like, you know, when he makes it to heaven, he's probably going to like ask God, hey, can I do like the morning announcements of like what's on the breakfast menu? Because he loves announcing. So I was going to say it, but I thought it would be even more special for you to take a look at Jim yourself. So check this video out and I'm going to come back to you in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner by split decision and still heavyweight champion of the world. Come on, come on, that was good stuff. Wow, I gotta say, he actually really is good at that. I thought he was just kinda like faking it, but the dude's really good. Uh, but you're thinking to yourself right now, okay Maurice, you, you've done the intro, you've done all these different things, what this story, yes I love sports, yes I don't like sports, What's the point? What, what is it that you're getting at? Well, I want to take a moment to really focus on two simple words. Jim said them. Every announcer says them as well. When the person who's undefeated wins the fight. Those two words are and still. These are two words that if you're in the auditorium, if you're in the stadium, if you're watching, it's these two words that you put your hope in. It's these two words that give you the, uh, the, the hint of who just won. It's these two words that give you assurance that victory has come to the one you were rooting for. It's these two words that send everybody in an uproar. It's these two words that allow people to rejoice. It's these two words before they even hear a name that they need to hear, that they put their hope in, that they love so much. It's these two words that they stand on. And it's and still. I, I bring this up because what I like about it is we, in moments like we're facing now, in moments of pandemic, in moments of 
tough times, we all want to know what's still. Like, what's the thing that's going to endure? What, what's, what's the thing that's going to weather the storm? What, how can we find out what's the still thing? There's something that longs in us to find stillness, to find a, a, a rhythm, to find a continuity. There's something in us that longs to know what will be constant, especially when our faith is tested when we are having uncertainty, what's still? Well, my encouragement for you this morning, my, my, my hope would be that you lean in and understand that there is a and stillness about God's character. There is a and stillness that God does to continue to defend his reputation. Just like the boxer, just like the person who's in UFC or whoever it may be, there's something in God that will continue to stay constant. And it is his character that remains steadfast. My grandma used to say, hold on to God's unchanging hand. And I want to encourage you that there is an and stillness that God does in moments of pandemic. There's an and stillness that God does in moments where we face our toughest times. There's an and stillness that you can rest assured and be know and know that God is one that will still be forgiving and still even in the midst of tough times, loving, and still in the midst of tough times, a father, and still in the tough times, a mother to the motherless, and still in tough times or outside of tough times. He's one that embraces. He's one that rescues. He's one that comes to us, comes near us, embraces us, and still about God. But before I get ahead of myself, I'm preaching myself too fast right now. I'm getting excited in the spirit right now. Here's the thing. Before we jump to that, I think there's some internal work that we got to do. I think there's something that we have to uh, uh, do some examination to find out what's holding us back from communing with God. Like I said, there's an and stillness about God, but we were created to be in communion, to be in God's presence, what's holding that back? What's keeping us from experiencing that? I think what is important in moments like these is to examine our inside, to examine what we may be facing. There's this thing called tree rot, oh, excuse me, heart rot that happens to trees. It's a disease that happens at some point during their growth. There's a few pictures that you can see on your screen of what that looks like. They're big, they're polished on the outside, they're externally okay, but what's happening on the inside? There's some, something that happens during this process. I've done a little research, not too much, but as they grow, they have an amazing exterior. It looks good. We go take pictures by it. It's red oaks. There are a lot of them in California, all these things but they're failing on the inside. And I think in moments like these, we kind of put on an exterior. We, we kind of put on what's happening on the outside and it keeps us from truly communing with God because something on the inside is plaguing us. Sooner or later, these trees, they fall, they tumble because of the disease happening on the inside of them. 
before we hold on so fast to uh, holding to, to trusting uh, in who God is, trust me, we're going to get to that. But I think there's something that's holding us back from moving forward. There's something that's keeping us from experiencing the communion that God desires for all, this, for all of us to have. This is what Peter actually is alluding to. We've been in the book now for a few weeks of Peter, and Peter has instructed us and taught us so much. The church that he's speaking to right now, first Peter, Peter is one who followed after Jesus, and he's not one who's absent of hard times and hardship. But the church right now is scattered because they're now starting to suffer from what's happening to people. They're seeing their neighbor who is being drugged out of their house and thrown in jail. They're beginning to see and hear of stories of people who are dying. They're going into a space where their resources are now leaving them. And what Peter writes to us is going to be so important. Because I think what's important for us to know is it's natural for every single one of us to reach for what is constant. To reach for what is remaining but if we're honest, sometimes we don't reach for the right thing. What's that thing that you reach for that's outside of God? If you're honest, I'm going to be honest, and if you will too, go ahead and put it in the chat bar area. But just take a quick moment to think about that. What is it that I reach for outside of God? To give me peace, to give me comfort, to give me a moment to exhale. For me, it's money. During a moment like this, my wife is a substitute teacher. Her income is factored into our budget, our weekly budget, our daily budget, our monthly budget. And this past week, we did our budget together. And I can feel my heart constricting as I'm going down the list and seeing all that's going out, but not enough that's coming in, in the savings account and all the things that we're facing. I'm starting to look at it and I'm starting to see, okay, we got to do something. And my heart is constricting. I'm reaching for stability in the money right now. And so I start slashing everything. No date nights, no anything. I mean, everything got to go. I mean, we're having ham sandwiches and bread only. We're cutting every single aspect because I need to have assurance in my savings account. I need to have assurance in that. And I reach for that in these moments. And I think naturally that happens. But what if the thing we're reaching for that's outside of God is the very thing that's holding us back from truly communing with God. I'm not saying to not be diligent. I'm not saying to not be resourceful. I'm not saying to not budget and all those things. But, but for me personally, that thing, and you find out whatever your thing is, but that thing for me was reaching for money and the stability in that. Here's what Peter helps us and instructs us in so that we can experience in God's presence and commune with him the way that we are wired to and created to do. I'm reading in 1 Peter, it's uh, chapter 1, verse 22. You'll see it on your screens if you don't have the Bible. I'm reading from a New Living Translation. It says these words right here. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. That's something that we're going to be talking about during our Zoom call. Because I believe when we are others-minded, when we are focusing on others, not only is God for us, but he is for our neighbor. And I think we're going to focus on that during our Zoom call. Make sure you join us on Tuesday. But Peter has something to say for us today. He goes even further. 
Verse 23 says this, for you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God, as the scriptures say. Watch this right here. People are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Let's pause right there for a second. We were created to be in communion and in God's presence always. And I think the thing that's holding us back is the thing that we're reaching for, the thing that we hold on to, to give us stability, the thing that we hold on to. And what Peter is getting at, Maurice, what are you talking about? What Peter is pressing on in this moment, not only is he giving the compare and contrast of what's fleeting and what's constant, he's giving the compare and contrast of what's temporary and what's eternal, What he's also given us in this moment, before we rush to the eternal thing, he gives us a moment to do some reflection on what we put our trust in. It's not just the grass, not just the flowers, not just the beauty. It's things that are temporary. I don't know when the pandemic is going to end. I don't know when this will ever get better. I don't know when the new nor the, the normal life is going to come back. I don't know what things are going to look like months down the road, weeks down the road. I don't know what is going to happen, what's going to up, go up, what's going to go down. I don't know what will take place, but what I can be guaranteed about, what I can guarantee you about is that God's word will remain. Here's the thing we got to do. Here's what we got to lean into. What's the temporary thing that's keeping us from experiencing the eternal presence of God. What Peter is saying in this moment, before we rush to God's eternal word, what he says is the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. What am I trying to get at? I'm simply encouraging all of us to take inventory of what will we put our trust in? Because what, if we're honest, if we know what we are putting our trust in, it's probably something that's temporary. It's probably not in God's presence. What Peter is pressing on in this moment, is Peter condemning the flower and the beauty and the the grass? No, no, no. Those are gifts from God. Like, go ahead, love the flower. Make a bouquet out of them. Give them to your significant other. Peter is not saying get away from the, the things that are temporary. No, no, no. The things that are temporary are gifts from God. The beauty is a gift from God. Love your eight pack. That's all fine and dandy. The flower is a gift from God. Love the flower. Let's modernize in a little bit, right? Like that's good. Money is a gift from God. Admire, that's fine. Family is a gift from God. That's totally fine. Here's what Peter is pressing. The gifts from God are not God. The gifts from God are not God. They actually make crappy gods. Do not build your life on the temporary. Let us not live so much in the temporary because we were created to commune with God. So what Peter is telling us right now is that we have a moment to take inventory of our lives, to recognize we need to live into the eternal. So as we look at this, We have gifts from God, but they're not God's. 
I make a crappy God. I'm a decent husband, right? Like at an okay husband. I don't want to do too much. I don't want to up it too much. It's a okay husband, right? So I'm okay. Uh, I have been upgraded when I marry my wife. Guess what I'm not a good at? Not being God. My wife is a beautiful woman and an amazing woman who has bettered my life in so many ways intellectually, spiritually, like things that I've never done before, right? Like things that are exfoliating and uh, uh, facials and, and getting the dirt underneath my nails, right? Like all sorts of things. I'm taking showers every day, all sorts of things, right? Guess what she's not good at? Being God. And if we build our life on the temporary, we miss out on communing with Jesus. So what does Peter put our hope in? Doesn't take long to explain this. He clarifies what that word is. He says the word, verse 25, and the word is the good news that was preached to you. The good news of Jesus Christ. I know that's not fancy. I know that's not appeasing to some of us. But it's the good news and the good news encompasses so much. The good news encompasses the resurrection. We're about to come up on Easter. The good news encompasses Good Friday. The one aspect that this entire talk is all about, the entire theme is the good news, the aspect that I want to lean on and that my encouragement for you would be to lean on is that God is still with us. The good news for us in moments of the most tumultuous times we have faced, the unprecedented season that we are in is that God is still with us. I told you I was going to come back to the stillness of God and still God has a character about him that he will never leave us nor forsake us. There's an encouragement that we can put our anchor in God's presence being with us. God pricked my heart a little bit earlier this week because as I was preparing this, I started to go through this whole narrative and start to think that we're living in Old Testament times right now, right? When we read in Genesis, it, there was a famine that hit the land and people begin, you know, to hoard and they begin to, you know, break in and do some different things. Like that was in Genesis. As I begin to do that, I begin to prepare this message and I begin to think about words that my grandma would tell me. And she would say, Son, baby, baby boy, give them Jesus. When I would be struggling, I call her and say, grandma, how do I, I don't know what to say during this. And they say, give them Jesus. And I thought about that this, uh, on, on today, and I thought about this moment of God's presence. And that being enough, God pricked my heart, the Holy Spirit pricked my heart, because I started to think about that, and I thought, okay, what else? What else can I get, what, what else can I say? And it was nothing but God pricking my heart saying, me, I'm enough. I would dare say, I think in this season, that God is actually wanting us to examine our lives and to utterly destroy the what else. The thing that we're looking for, like, thank you for being here with me, but is there something like, okay, now what else? Like, what's the thing? Like, what's the okay? Like, what's the thing that's going to help me? Like, and I think when we go down that road, it's a dangerous road, and God is saying, I need you to kill the what else because I and what uh, enough like get rid of the extra because my presence is enough i start to look through the old testament narrative i wrote down a few of them that i want to read to you as we end our time today i, I think 
we need to know that God's mission was always to be in relationship with us. It was not for you to have the pay raise. It was not for you. Now, get me wrong, I'm going to step on a few toes. But in our individualistic world, in the West world that we live in, I think it was not for the American dream. It was not for, he did not die so that we could have the house on the hill. He did not die and come and rescue and to come and be amongst us and live with us for stuff. And I think actually God is in this season looking around at all the stuff that we're reaching for, hoping that we will face him and say, God, you're enough. You're all I need. Because here's the truth of the matter. It's not the absence of trials that gives us peace. It's the, absence, it's the presence of God that gives us peace. I'm going to say it one more time because I'm, like I said, I'm getting excited and I feel this hope, this spirit moving right now, right? Like it's, if you could tap that in the chat bar, give me an amen because I think we can get caught up. But we need to realize it's not the absence of hard times. It's not the absence of hardship that brings us peace. It's the presence of God that brings us true peace. We read in the narrative all throughout scripture, there's a part of me that was going to go Genesis to Revelation and find out where God's presence is and how he is amongst us. But I only got four for you. I'm going to read them. They're going to be in the chat bar. I'm going to make sure that we have them located so that you can have them. It says in Joshua 1, 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. They're about to go into war. They're about to face the hardest time of their life. Their leader has just died. They're in transition. And God says, I'm with you. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will uphold you in my hand. I'm with you. Matthew 28, right before Jesus leave, this is his departing words. Teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Hebrews 13, 5 says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Ascent friends and family in these moments, I simply want to encourage all of us to know that God's presence is enough. To know that what you're searching for is found in God's presence, the peace, the comfort, the stability, the love, the longing. It is in God's presence and it is us that has to lean into that. The thing we're reaching for, I believe God is asking us to let go of, not just for us to let go, but so that we can truly commune with Jesus the way we were created to do, the way that we were created to be in God's presence. His presence is enough. There's nothing else that is needed. And I believe everything is found in him. And by way of the Holy Spirit, I hope that transformation happens in all of our hearts. Right where you are, if you'll take a moment to just be still. Just a few seconds of silence to the best of your ability. And then I'm going to pray for us.
God, the simple prayer we have is to allow us to be so aware, allow the Holy Spirit to do something internally that we know you are enough. Your presence and communing with you, setting aside time to be with you and to know that we have Abba Father standing with us. No matter the circumstance, whether good or bad, you have chosen to be with us. Out of all the things that are fluctuating, let us hold dear to this truth in this season. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.